From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If I made 400 grand a year, I would be embarrassed with myself as a husband, a father, basically as a human being. That is a successful TikTok influencer explaining, as you heard, that he would be embarrassed. Embarrassed to make only $400,000 a year. <laughs> nice. Nice thing to say out loud, sir. What? Yeah, no kidding. Way to make friends. Because um, every, everybody enjoys that sort of commentary. They just people that make more money than you, people that make less money than you, everybody just enjoys you saying that. Uh, what Do we know what he influences? His name is what Grant is Cardona. There's a follow-up clip here, guys. Okay. 400 grand. How do you make sense of $35,000 a month. You guys haven't done the math. You have not done the math because you cannot live on 400 grand a year. So is he pitching some sort of get rich quick scheme? Is he the guy who's posing next to his Ferrari with his muscle tee explaining how you can be just like him, one of those scammers? Yeah. Yeah. God, I went to uh, this during the... Gladys, could you play the harp? I don't even like I don't even like this memory. During one of the low points of my life, and there are so many. Get in line. Low points. Um, uh, I'm in my <laughs> early 20s. It's after college, and I'm trying to figure out how to make more money. And I answered an ad for some sort of, I don't even remember what it was, sell something and get make money. Anyway, so you're supposed to meet at this hotel conference. Oh, yeah. Room. I went to one of those. I, I had never, uh, you know. I think everybody goes to one before they realize what they are. But I went to it, and uh, it was learning how to sell something. Anyway, the guy who put on the clinic, I mean, was like out of a parody TV show about that kind of person, you know? Just, you know, you could smell his cologne from the back of the room and the shirt unbuttoned and everything like that. And he said, I want everybody to look out the window. You see that Corvette out there, the red one, the shiny red one? That's mine. 
And you can drive a car like that, too. All you got to do is then I just... Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> as desperate as I was, I was having to stifle my vomit. And when they took the bathroom break, I just walked to my car and went home dejected that yet another plan had fallen through. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, my God. Same thing. Got to go back to my parents. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a scam. Um, although they wanted me to sell vacuum cleaners door to door. And uh, I passed on it because I knew how much I'd hate it. But I did, I realized in retrospect, almost certainly pass up on the chance to see naked housewives. Oh, jeez. Because I... in subsequent conversations with guys in a variety of industries, from cable installer to carpet cleaner to uh, all sorts of different, vacuum salesmen, whatever, every single one of them says, yeah, oh, yeah, it happened once or twice or like five times, depending on how good-looking you are or whatever. And I was a big, good-enough-looking kid. Um, yeah, some housewife will let her robe loose, thinking that maybe, or some single gal. I, I mean, still find it hard to believe that actually happens. Oh, it happens. It absolutely <laughs> happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would suggest that you are in unstable waters when that happens. I've just met this person. They've just walked through the door. But, yes, I'll couple with them. Yeah, if you want to end up in the basement in a gimp mask for the rest of your life, feel free to walk on in. I think it's more likely you end up with a crazy person who thinks she's your girlfriend or the clap. But, you know, the gimp mask is not out of the uh, realm. It's like when I flew to the uh, East Coast and I was dr- I, I had to land in Long Island for some reason because I, there oh. was... It, I, I love last... this story. Michael, it really is Christmas time. <laughs> it Jack's really is. telling this, his Long you Island tell story. This story. Oh, let's all Merry settle Christmas, in. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> love it. Jeez. <laughs> I had booked last minute as I want to do, and there were no flights into the, the big airport, so I had to fly into Long Island and then rent a car and drive into New York. I don't even know what I was doing. But anyway, uh, I thought I could find a hotel. It's late at night. I got there late at night, and I, I'm at a convenience store, and... Uh, and I'm asking the the person there, the the clerk there at the convenience store, if he knows there's any hotels that got any reservations. I can't find a room anywhere. I'm super tired. It's late at night. And he said, man, no, I don't think anything booked at all. And a woman standing next to me, like a 40-ish something, you know, regular woman, uh, she says, you could come stay at my place if you want. You, she looks me up and down. You don't look like a serial killer. <laughs> wow. And, that's sweet, I think. <laughs> And that is, who knows where my life goes if I say yes to that opportunity. I don't, I don't, it could be everything from just as completely innocent as could be. She just, you know, she had a guest room or a couch and was going to let me sleep on it. A compassionate soul, a yeah. Christian woman. See you in the morning. She's a, 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 seriously, a traveler. With no room at the end. Right, exactly. And I wasn't going to do anything. So, um, uh, you know, I sleep on the couch, get dressed in the morning. I say, thank you for your hospitality, and I, and I go on my way. There's everything from that to living beneath the house <laughs> in a cage wearing a gift mask for the rest if of my life. If you're in the cage, why do you have to have the mask on? I don't know. Just I think asking. it's just part of the deal. Or and, or... and every shade of gray in between those exactly. two extremes could have happened. I don't know if you were romantically committed at that point, but there could have been loving. There could have been a beautiful friendship developed, completely platonic. She was so kind to you. You never forgot it. You stayed in touch until your dying day when you passed with her hand in yours. <laughs> could have been. 
<laughs> she's she's holding my hand on my deathbed. <laughs> you don't know, or because she gift, just killed you, or, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you end up dissolved. You yeah, know, deathbed, which was later that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a death sofa, but Eddie, let's not quibble. I'm tied to the bed, and she's just broken my ankles with a bat. <laughs> oh, what was that G-many. movie? Oh, misery? misery? misery. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's a number of those in my life. You look back and you kind of you kind of wonder what would have happened if you just... I think one day when they unravel the human genome, they will identify the gene, the gene for... And both of these stories are kind of similar. I'm getting jobbed. Or there's something funny going on here. I need to go. Well, what made me think of it was you saying you're, you're you know you're headed into dangerous waters if you got some random person who's never met you before who's uh, coming on to you like that yeah. you know with their open robe as a vacuum cleaner salesman you know, you don't know what you're getting into there. Um, yeah. a, a woman who's going to see a stranger late at night at a convenience store and allow him into her home. Yeah, yeah. If she's just being nice. She is nice to the point of being naive, because that's a dangerous lifestyle. Yeah, serial killers don't have a look, by the way. Worth noting. Right. They come in all sizes and shapes. Uh, mm, how much of your story did she overhear? That you'd just flown in and were shocked to find the hotels were booked? Man, blah, there wasn't blah, much blah. to the story. I'm just I'm, yeah. late, I'm trying to find a hotel, man. Everything's booked up. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I, I got to admit, if I was her dad or brother or something, I'd be a little little worried. <laughs> I think she was like 40, so it's not like she was a kid. Um, I think. And how old were you at that time? Uh, I was probably about 40. Okay. I think I'd probably have been dissolved in a barrel of acid. I think mm. that's most likely. Having watched Dahmer, ooh, that's exactly the way all those things start. In Although Dahmer. She, she was, I don't know. Dahmer was a little more aggressive and. Got people drunk and then said, hey, I, I could take some pictures of you and that sort of thing. She was just saying, looks like you need somewhere to stay. Yeah. You don't look like a serial killer, she said to me in her Long Island voice. That's a hell of a thing for a serial killer to say. You think she did? Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. What an interesting thing for a murderer to say. Then you get home, you get to her place and she's got like 18 skulls on a shelf in her family room. <laughs> Why do you have so many bones lying about? Don't worry about it. <laughs> What's wrong with collecting bones? I'll explain later, after we have a drink. <laughs> wow, dark. Would you like dark. to watch The Exorcist with me? Which is only a good joke if you watch Dahmer. Oh, chilling. I know a trick where you can get out of handcuffs. Would you like me to show you how it goes? Right, right. Jeez. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think I made the right decision. Michael, what would uh, you have done? I would not have gone with her. No way. Right. Uh, you're a couple of cowards. <laughs> Turn down the kindness of a nice lady like that. Or some hot, hot loving. Maybe. Yeah. See how it goes. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think I probably would have done what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Right. It's the sort of thing that you, uh, as a guy, you think you, you might act one way, but when the circumstance actually presents itself, you think, eh, this is, this is, uh, yeah. By definition, if I sleep at your house, I will be asleep for part <laughs> right. of the time. Right. 
What will you be doing? <laughs> Hovering over me? Oh, boy. No kidding. It's probably enough of that. Breaking NFL news. <laughs> oh, my. They're considering ejections for roughing the passer penalties, according to a report out from the latest no, uh, meetings. No, stop it. It's already crazy. It's already crazy how many roughing the passer calls are called on innocent plays. I know you get to product uh, protect the uh, the money makers, the marquee guys. I get that. Just as a business, it's the NFL is a TV show. Well, you know if what you I don't say. realize that. You know what I say? <laughs> Why don't you just put skirts on them? All right. Maybe your Long Island friend would have done that to you in your cage. Uh, so you're against the idea of ejections for roughing the passer, unless it's incredibly egregious and you'd be ejected anyway. Yeah. The point would be just to make it s- such a violation that you don't even come close. To roughing the passer, right? Yeah, and, and partly because I'm not in the mood to do much hard news anymore. Um, and, and we can if you want to, but I've promised a couple of times what it takes to be a World Cup referee. Speaking of mm. referees, it's pretty damned interesting. Mm. Get to that in a moment. Uh, would you have gone to the woman's house, honestly, in that situation? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My favorite follow-up text to the story I just told, and that, kids, is how I met your mother. (laughs) Pretty funny. Uh, We ain't shopping near as much as we do most years. Some of the details on that coming up. Some uh, wag on Twitter compiled a list of kids these days, articles through the years, that's really amusing and revealing. Uh, and, And I'd like to discuss with Jack and you uh, what it means and what it doesn't mean. Um, But we'll do that uh, next segment. It's it's actually pretty amusing. 
Um, and, and it's also a nice glimpse into history. It's like, you know, I've, I've read, and I've made this point before, forgive me if you've heard it before, but I, I spend way too much time reading musicians, uh, autobiographies, that sort of thing. Part of it's being a musician and a fan, and so I really enjoy the musical stuff. But what really is compelling about the good ones is they're great snapshots of the time where these guys and gals grew up. That's what I'm enjoying about the Bono, because we're roughly the same age, so it's just like looking back at that period of time. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, I think I've mentioned before, Roger Daltrey of The Who, uh, his autobiography, uh, yeah, his uh, his rock and roll screams and won't get fooled again are the best that have ever been recorded. And he grew up dirt freaking poor in immediate post-World War II London, where it was all bombed out and nobody had any money. And, and the kids played in piles of rubble to amuse themselves. And hmm. it just it was a great glimpse at that time. So anyway. Um, I think this, the stuff we'll do next segment has at least a touch of that. Um, so I, I promise this, and here it is. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I've refereed a little bit of soccer. I'm not knowledgeable enough to referee it at a high level. Um, but I'm aware that there's a hell of a lot of running involved. And I've been watching some of the World Cup more before the U.S. got eliminated. Um, I suppose you, as a non-soccer fan, just thinking about this for the first time ever, I suppose you run more than the players do, right? Cause the players, the ball goes into you because you got people that play this part of the field, people that play this, but the officials have to officiate the whole field. Yeah, although it's like being a hockey ref, too. You try to be as efficient as possible with your movements. Some of the players have to go end-to-end, so I, I, I couldn't tell you that, honestly. That's an interesting question, but um, here is the, the fitness requirements for these, uh, these guys. Uh, because they run six to eight miles during a 90-minute match. Six to eight miles. But mostly practically sprinting, I'm guessing. Uh, but, um, no, again, if you're good, you anticipate the action and you trot, you jog, then mm. you run hard, and then you trot and all. Uh, to become a FIFA referee, individuals required to work in their country's top league for at least two years then you've got to be specially recommended. Then you have to pass the speed and agility tests. Here it goes. Six 40-meter sprints with no more than 60 seconds of recovery between each repetition. And for male refs, you got to do it in six seconds each sprint. Six 40-meter sprints end-to-end. A grueling interval test repeated 40 times without stopping that consists of 75-meter runs, in 15 seconds or less, followed by a brisk 25-meter walk, which equates to 4,000 meters or 10 laps of a 400-meter track, and you do that 40 times. A change in direction test known as the 777. Uh, It requires sprinting 7 meters, turning 90 degrees to the left, and sprinting another 7 meters, then turning 90 degrees to the right and sprinting another 7 meters. It has to be done twice, and you must do it in 4.9 seconds or faster each time. Wow. So these guys are unbelievable athletes. And then they get into the, uh, how would you describe it, the intellectual-emotional challenge of being on a stage, being watched by billions of people, you're in control of the match, and calling penalties in soccer can have an enormous result. You have the players flopping and whining and screeching at you the entire time. And I emerged from reading this entire article thinking, who would be so nuts and fit as to want this gig? What does it pay 
They don't actually say what it pays. Yeah, I guess there was a controversial call in England versus France the other day when uh, France, who's now in the finals, beat England, and that referee is, uh, you know, getting the death threats and all the things that happen when. Oh yeah, so you get yeah. that sort of pressure also. Well, and it doesn't happen really in the World Cup, but in like South America, Central America, refs get Mexico refs get beat to death frequently enough that it's pretty troubling. Wow. So you're like an elite athlete on the level of the players, and you just get out there and get screamed at the whole game. Sounds fun. Oof. Kids today, also the economy, we ain't buying as much stuff as we normally do. I don't know Looks if like the Fed trying to choke the economy out is going pretty well. Yeah, and they're going to keep choking, they said yesterday. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Costco is planning to raise the price of their annual membership. Oh. Yeah, Costco is getting more expensive, and you can tell they're a little fancier now. Watch this ad I saw. Welcome to the new Costco, the home of elegance. A seven-pound bucket of Nutella. Sophistication. Turtlenecks and batteries on the same line. And class. Old people eating hot dogs. Costco, like Walmart with a doorman. I mean, that's, that's interesting, I thought. Man, the customer service at Costco is phenomenal. The last couple of times I've been there, it's just it's amazing. I wish every store I went to, man, they got so many people working every register, and they're just so fast, so attentive. Awesome. I don't understand why. Go ahead. I don't understand why other businesses don't see that and think, okay, they're giantly successful with that customer service. Maybe we should not make eighty people wait in line at the one register at our store. Mm. 
Every time I walk into a Costco or Sam's Club, it's the same thing. I think, man, I'd like one of those big TVs. And I think, I already have a big TV. I could get another big TV. Yeah, but this is 8K. You're still living in 4K, like a caveman? I'm still a high-def guy. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen anything in 4K. Really? No, that's not true. I have. I saw some sort of featurette showing me how cool it was about flowers. Mm. And it was amazing. It's always flowers. Yeah, yeah. Well, flowers are pretty. So <laughs> this is a, uh, a Twitter thread that somebody sent, and I, I apologize for not giving you full credit, but uh, kind, of, kind of amusing. And then at the end of it, I will offer the obvious analysis, which is dopey and wrong. And then we will discuss what to really think of it. It's a brief history of today. Uh, I'm sorry, of kids today are spoiled. This from nineteen uh, from 2021. Mums sparked debate after saying children today are spoiled and indulged compared with kids in the 70s and 80s. This from 2018. Poll. People view millennials as spoiled and lazy. From the year 2000. Political satirist Bill Maher claims many kids today are spoiled and lazy because we've spent too much time making them feel like princes and princesses. Back to 1997. Generations come and go from those who grew up during the Depression to today's Generation X, yet no one thinks, one one think never seems to change. It's the kids. Today's children are more spoiled than their predecessors, no matter who or when they were. Et cetera, et cetera. I agree with all these so far. I think that's what's, I think since World War II, each generation has raised more spoiled children, including me with mine, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1987. Judy Martin, area supervisor for Floyd Theaters, has been in the drive-in business for nearly 30 years. Martin also senses a decline of romance at the drive-in, and she has a couple theories about it. Kids today are spoiled by air conditioning, she said, and would just as soon go out and buy a video cassette and nuzzle in front of the television set. That was back, Jack, when young people sought out romantic partners. 1973. Now we're getting somewhere. They don't know the meaning of suffering. When I was a child 75 years ago, we didn't have electricity or any of the conveniences we have today. We had to sit with our coats on all day in school because it was so cold, and all we had to heat the building was a stove. Yeah, uh, she's right. We had to walk through the deep snow a distance of two or more miles, no buses. There were no old-age pensions or baby allowances or welfare money. The only time we got an orange was at Christmas. We never saw an egg except at Easter. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't yes? Know. <laughs> Oh, the only time we got an orange was at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> time to hand out the Christmas oranges. Uh, the kids today are spoiled rotten. We had to yes. work instead of play, but we were brought up right yeah. and taught how to be good citizens. Believe me, things could be a 100 times worse materialistically. I think that's probably true. Each generation about the other since World War II. I think unless you have a great cataclysm that brings us back down to base needs, that's probably just the history of the world, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Or is that the dopey commentary I discussed? Stay with us. And actually, it keeps getting more inter- interesting. 1967. Our kids today are spoiled. When there was no television, you had to amuse yourself. So yeah. I used to get up at daylight, as did everybody else. We would go out to the courts and practice all day long. I'm sure that's true. 1959. Their elders, for the most part, were unresponsive, decrying the fact that 
Quote, kids nowadays don't know how to make their own fun. Then they launched into detailed descriptions of the good old days of sandlot baseball in the summer and skiing on barrel staves in the winter. Kids these days are spoiled. They can Kids these days do not ski on barrel staves enjoying their Christmas orange. That Please. is true. <laughs> yeah, hand them a couple of barrel slaves. Staves. They would just look at them. What do I do with this, they'd say. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm sorry. This one is from 1943 when my dad was three years old. Uh, children today spoiled by too much amusement. Much has been written about the delinquency of children, but nothing has been done. Some try to solve it by algebra, others by using cards, like a fortune teller. All right, this guy thinks he's entertaining, I guess. Children today are brought up to enjoy only amusements that cost money, such as movies, roller skating, etc. But no one suggests that they try games of their own making or to think up simple pleasures. Failure to give them all they demand causes them to obtain things by hook or crook. Even cars or money ending up in police cells. Instead of sparing the rod, why not try a little woodshed punishment for a change? The other way has failed to bring results. Yes, beat him with a stick. <clears throat> exactly. Way to cut through the fancy verbiage, Jack. All right, now let's see. I think it's I'll, probably I'll been an un, it's, I, I'm certain there's been an uninterrupted line of cultural decay for the past, I don't know how many decades, 70, 80 decades, and uh, probably fitting in with uh, kids getting more and more spoiled. I think that's probably true. Okay, a couple more, and then I'll sum it up. This from 1925. Now, Are they that's spoiled? interesting. So now oh, we're yeah. going pre-depression. Oh, yeah. Remove the girl or boy of today from radio, the telephone, furnace heat, the automobile, the libraries, movies, and other forms of amusement and comfort. Give them merely a jackknife and a nature's unchanging wonders for amusement, and how would they fare? I fear me ennui would claim them for its own, and they would fare ill until returned to their accustomed habit, habitat of convenience and plenty. Is too much luxury, too ready means of amusement, taking the truly American spirit of pioneering and invention out of the personalities of our children? Yes. Yes. Yes, it, it started with uh, the media, radio, TV, video game, all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't doubt that a bit. Does anybody doubt that? Uh, let's see. No, no, of course not. Um, I guess I'll go back to 1895. Okay. Most of the children now are spoiled anyway, either by being overdressed or by being petted and praised until they are unbearably pert. Overdressed? <laughs> overdressed like wearing too many clothes? They got, they got socks and <clears throat> shoes, kids well, today. And, and it turns them into being unbearably pert. Yeah, chewing with more than four teeth. Who is to blame for that? And as the child is, so will the young lady be unless some entirely different influence is brought to bear upon her training. The little girl who's overdressed and overpetted and allowed to lord it over her playmates without reprimand will make the young woman who... Mm, something dress for its sake alone and was very thoughtless for other people's comfort. Too much petting. Agreed completely. Can't even enjoy their Christmas orange. So, <laughs> they expected egg at Easter and at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks for the egg. <laughs> so, I'll give my kids each an egg for Christmas. See how that goes over. So, the dopey analysis of this that I've heard offered is that people have always thought this, and it's so it's silly. Don't it? Don't think that. It's not true. Now, I think 
given industrial development and, and, and the globalized distribution of goods and the rising uh, standard of living of everyone around the globe, thanks to the free market, by the way, thanks to the free market, every generation has more than the one before it and probably is less resourceful, self-reliant, tough. And we all know as adults or children what the amusements have done for us. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I admit it myself. Sure. Um and uh and and my other bit of analysis I think is this because you could and I've seen this go back to Plato uh has a very uh Famous, or it was it's uh, one of your Greek philosophies has a very famous saying that essentially kids these days are lazy and really need their asses kicked. Um, so it goes back that far. What I think it is is every generation looks at its young and are concerned that they won't be tough, resourceful, self reliant, whatever, enough to handle the responsibilities you know are going to be thrust on them. And they can be very, very hard sometimes. And you worry that they're not going to be able to handle it. And so the dopey analysis is, oh, don't worry about it. I think a better analysis is, that's why human beings always do this. To send the message, life's about to get tougher than you think it is, and... There's there are weight there's weight you have to carry. Your biggest concern as a parent, I think, everybody is just overall: can you get out into the world and support yourself? That's the whole deal. That's what you're doing is raising a person that can go out into the world and support themselves. Yeah, somebody responded with this uh, line of thinking: Boomers, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Gen X, when life hands you lemons, create a startup to market lemon juice as a healthy, low-carb alternate to lemonade. <laughs> Millennials, ha, 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 as if life would ever just hand you lemons. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if life, as a kid, if life handed me lemons, I'd have chucked the passers by. I was a bad kid. Very bad, a delinquent. And I think I agree with this, you know, Bill Maher, who's, you know, he's got the, he's 70 years old. He's an old man at this point. Comedian has his HBO show on Fridays. But I think what he has said is true. You know, every generation has said, you know, kids today are blah, blah, blah. Kids today are different. They are completely different. Now, again, they didn't raise themselves. It was the, the parents raising them, but there is no doubt. I mean, people that are 30 look at younger people today and think, wow, what happened since I was your age? Yes. Well, my ripe old 23-year-old daughter, who grew up not with a smartphone, um, looks at people slightly younger than her and thinks, oh, my gosh, A, they're odd. B, I feel bad for them because they can't communicate. We're about to all maybe have for a boss the, the crowd of people that have had a smartphone in their hand their entire lives. I don't know, because I know it's changed me. Imagine having never, never having had any uh, any uh, life before that. Oh my God! Well, I think what happens after that is the boss speaks Mandarin. I hear you taken over by China. Yeah, that's what I'm hinting at. Yeah, learn to speak Chinese or Russian. Could have left it unsaid, but okay. okay. Yeah, because the the cell phone people are so. I stand up in the movie and say, "You know what he meant by that." He meant China's going to take us over. That's what I, huh? That's what's going on there. Uh, we'll finish. We'll finish strong next.
you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The CEO of Taco Bell says Gen Z wants to eat chicken instead of beef. (laughs) Then they added, but it doesn't affect us because what we serve is technically neither. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Who who did he take a shot at there? I got the punchline. Uh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. T-Bell, the great, authentic purveyor of kind of Mexican food. So a couple of things for you from around the world that are grim. Do you want to... Focus on Grimm. Uh, reports in Iran that Iranian forces, because those protests are still going on, Iranian forces are shooting at faces and genitals of female protesters, medics say. Men yeah, and women coming that. in with shotgun wounds to different parts of the body. So there's that story. Meanwhile, in China, they have given up on zero COVID. So the protests worked there around that issue. Ian Bremer tweeting this. I was, re- I was recently talking with an exec who's got a company in Beijing that employs over a 1,000 people. One month ago, they had one employee test positive for COVID, and they shut down the entire operation. They now have 50% of the people who work there have tested positive, and they're still open. That's a pretty major change. Wow. Complete about-face with no rationale. Well, they have offered the rationale. They said, hey, we just found out Omicron's not as serious as the old strains, so we can open up. But no apologies, no, you know, coming clean for mistakes. Boy, this is not getting enough attention. I'll read this version of the story from The Hill. Retail sell sales. I've always had trouble saying that. It's like a tongue twister. Retail sales fell sharply in November, despite records uh, reports of record-breaking Black Friday sales. Those reports were all stupid. We talked yes. about that. The largest amount of online shopping ever. Okay, we've transitioned from stores to online. That, how about the overall sales? Overall sales were down. But record online shopping. Well, th- those were stupid stories. 
Well, and adjusted for inflation, it was even worse. Right. So sales fell sharply in November despite all these stupid reports of record-breaking Black Friday sales, which were phony, according to data that came out today by the Census Bureau. Retailers and restaurants saw sales fall 0.6% between October and November. It fell from October to November, where it normally skyrockets because that's when we all start buying our Christmas presents and going out to eat and doing all the stuff we do. It actually went down this year. Wow. It not only did not go up as much as normal, it actually went down from October to November. That's incredible. Hey, hey, Jerome Powell, can you please stop choking the economy? I think you're kind of enjoying the choky game there. I think you you kind of like that. Uh, According to the new data, which is marring what is normally a very strong month for those sectors and a crucial uh, source of strength for the U.S. economy, two-thirds of the economy is... Uh, consumer spending. Yeah, mm-hmm. we pulled back during the month of the year where we usually spend the most. The second most, December's the biggest, but I'll bet December numbers aren't good either. I was thinking of buying each of my kids two Christmas oranges, for instance. I rethought it. No. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up their show as they always do with final thoughts. Anyway, Owen oh 2. I'll tell you what, if my kids complain about their Christmas orange and their Christmas egg, I'm going to have to explain to them. We're living in tough Mm. times. Mm. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Still shorthanded until further notice, but uh, announcement on that soon. Uh, Let's begin with Michelangelo, our technical director. Michael? Yeah, Jack, you got to get that money from your kid. I'm thinking you put put a boot on the scooter, you know, on the wheel so he can't drive it. And Ah. with a note that says pay up. Exactly. Wow. Uh, Jack, final thought? So I'm actually wondering, I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet. Can we expect a lot of this stuff to go on pretty big sales at some point? As it gets closer to the Christmas and they realize we got a whole bunch of Nintendo Switches we got to get rid of. Let's mark them down. I'd almost have to, right? I would think so. Oh, so my plan for the day was live lean, live smart, get a little exercise, eat right, etc. Just got a text from my wife. Our best friends want us to come over for dinner and watch a football game. So I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> Another social engagement, but it'll be fun. Why not? But there won't be eating and drinking, probably. Oh, oh please. <laughs> Great cooks. Really like good wine. There I'm you doomed. go. There you I'm go. I'm doomed. There you go. Well, Bring out the stretchy pants. <laughs> you only live once and for a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, so, the way I'm living. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Do you realize tomorrow's the last show of the year? It's the Clips of the Year show. We love that episode. Plus the band names of the year, the list of things Jack has said he's never done, all the oh, uh, titles of our autobiographies, all sorts of silly stuff. Plus our predictions for 2023. Meanwhile, go to armstrongandgetty.com for the hot links, grab some A&G swag if you want, a t-shirt, a hoodie, a hat, something like that. Drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I gotta start thinking about my New Year's resolution. I got a couple of good ones. We will see you tomorrow. Hope you can join us. God bless America. But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. I'm strong and getty. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Whoa! Come on! Come on. I was wondering you know, what you felt about that. I'm just saying, take care. Wear your mask. I really don't give a
So let's go out with a bang. Now, does it count as participating in the republic if they're sucking down the warm, buttery milk from the teat of the government? That's so, gross. That's like, the status quo, Joe. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.